Welcome to the Just Joe Podcast. This is my uh, second episode, and this is my interview for this one. The whole story about me joining the one and only Brand New Sin, and I thought I would bring in one of the members of Brand New Sin, someone who was there from the beginning before I was even there, and I brought in Slatter. Today's podcast is brought to you by Average Joe's Beer Nasium, located in 2119 Downer Street Road in Ballinsville, just right off the exit in Ballinsville. They're the home for local regional, national music, both cover, tribute, and original music. I will be playing there on rotation coming up in the new year. Check it out. Average Joe's Beer Nasium. Also brought to you by Tismart Cigar Shop and Lounge. You guys like cigars? You girls like cigars? You can go there. You can buy them. You can hang out. There's a great, cool little lounge located in Burton, New York at 5501 Bartell Road. Go check them out on Facebook and also at TismartCigars.com. Check it out. Tismart Cigar Shop and Lounge. What's up, dude? Nothing. So, I mean, you and I could talk about a lot of things. All day long. And we could go all day long. But we really want, this episode is really focusing on the whole, The I mean, from my point of view, was a crazy little quick process for me, but a much longer process for you guys. Because yeah. I kind of stepped into something that was already there, already existing, and I kind of um, reaped a lot of the fruits of your guys' <laughs> labor. And, you know, I joined the band and three weeks later we have a record deal and four months later we have a record done and we're out on tour, Motorhead and everything that I tell them the story. So, like, in short, give me a little backstory before I walk in. Not the whole backstory, but at least that little segment that led me into getting in there on September 17th, 2001. <laughs> well, you know, uh, you know, of course, uh, Chris, Kenny, Chuck and myself were in God Below. Yeah. And, uh, you know... Uh, things weren't just going the way that we wanted to go in that band. And we had record deals and offers, but they always wanted us to, you know, remove a, a person out of the band. You yeah, know, and, I remember and, that, but was that like, that was like across the board to like, we love the band, but not. Correct. It was pretty much across the board. It was, you know, uh, you know, and we love, we love uh, Danny and, and whatnot. And, you know, uh, you know, God Below is awesome, and it is what it is. Um, but, you know, to get to that next level, pretty much every record label was like, you know, you're going to have to try to either convince him to to be, you know, broader in his approach to vocals yeah, or, or uh, tr you know, maybe possibly think about getting somebody else. I mean, it was pretty much across the board. Or you're going to just be what you are, what you are, you know, and. And that wasn't our goal. Our goal was we wanted to be Metallica. I right. mean, God Below was always out to, uh, you know, set the world on fire type of right. deal, you know. So, so yeah, so you part ways with Danny, and then you go through this giant <laughs> yeah. interview process. Yeah, you we, know. we uh, went through, uh, you know, Syracuse isn't, isn't a, it's not New York City, it's not no. L.A., and so, you know, our, our, uh, our, our, our group of people that we are able to, try out is, isn't large, you know, and it's not a huge talent pool. And, well, so yeah, and was, you're also talking about a time where it's like pre-internet. So you didn't have like, oh, you know, the impossible. ability to be like, Hey, we're looking for a singer and you get applicants like crazy. I mean, this was all word of mouth. And uh, I mean, dude, you get, when I met you, you handed me a cassette tape. That's what I was saying yeah, in the story. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. this is what we had. Oh, I mean, it was basically still, you know, 
put an ad in the paper, put an put an ad in uh, the New Times. New Times. Yeah. I mean, that's what we did. I mean, so we put. <laughs> you know I mean, it's it's still. You know, how, it's how many people thinking about How many it. people do you think came through? You said something. I, there was something like 12, 13, 14, 15. Yeah, I would say almost twenty. Twenty came <laughs> in, and a lot of them were, you know. Uh, but no. you had a couple that were close. Oh, I mean, yeah. there we was had a couple James. Of, oh yeah, you were friends with James Lyons, yeah, yeah. singer Ledyard. Um, you know, he, you know, he, he was very similar style, very similar vocals, but he also is a screamer, so he can do that. Just you know, just didn't work out. Y- younger cat at the time, uh, you know, and and uh, you know, Chucky Love was a mutual friend of yours and ours. You yeah. know, to be honest with you. I, I, you and I never met, Mm-mm. you know, before that. Time I was a fan of the band. I remember going to see you guys. I, m- I remember buying your, what was that cassette tape? And I went and saw you guys at the, the Wolf Inn and I bought Not the, ca- and I bought the cassette tape that they did with Todd Hoban. Yeah. That was the, uh, the, the seven inch. Yeah. The and I bought seven that inch. from Les cause Les was walking around a good buddy, Les Daniels. God Rest his soul. Yep. I bought the cassette tape. He was out in the middle of the Wolf Inn just peddling all those. <laughs> and that was the first time I had saw you guys. And I was just like, and at that time, it was before Rafferty had gotten in the band. And I think Joe was. Yeah, Joe Murphy. Joe Murphy and, was yep. still in the band. I remember yep. seeing you guys uh, CD release party at The Lost for yep. Painted Images. Yep. I mean, you guys were, I mean, I was a fan of the band. Then I moved away, you know. So, right. And then you moved down to Baltimore, yeah. right? You know, and I was like, and then Rafferty joins the band. I'm like, man, Rafferty's going to get a record deal. This is going to be crazy, you know, because the buzz was the buzz was definitely on about you guys. Right. Uh, Rafferty always was like the fill-in if Joe uh, had a breakdown. Right. <laughs> which some, happened some a lot, right? happened a yeah. lot. Uh, you know, and <clears throat> they were good friends, which was, you know, cool. And, you know, if, if Joe wasn't capable of filling in right. for the, the duties, Rafferty was always there and, you know, it was that was another thing that we had to go through is not only find a singer, but find a drummer. But we kind of knew that Rafferty was going to just take a spot right. once once that pretty much hit the fan. I mean, that's a whole. Uh, yeah, another Like I said, we could sit here and, and, and we probably will in the future. We'll probably go through a lot of different stories. But, yeah. Um, so, but, but yeah, you know, you know, I knew Chucky Love because he was always hanging with Jameis Breed, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, God Below did a couple of shows with Jameis yeah. Breed uh, at the Wolf Inn, at and the Wolf. Uh, that's and, uh, that was the one that I went. And that yep. was why I was there that night. Yep, and uh, you know, uh, I always thought Chucky Love was an asshole. Uh, so did I. So uh, you know, I was like, yeah, whatever. He came up to me. He's like. I it got was, a buddy. It was at the fair. Yeah, he's like, I got a buddy. Don't, don't you, uh, don't you? I think you were with James, and at that time, you guys were kind of like maybe. Yes, I, I think we were, and you know what? I, I always told James, and he, I would never, um, you know, you know, throw him under the bus or anything like that. But I always told him, I go, dude, you're not prepared for this. I go, we're going on tour. We have record, you know, we had. Yeah. Roadrunner. We had, uh, you know, now or never. We had, you know, uh, I mean. <laughs> Columbia called my house right. for brand new. You I mean, probably, for, uh, and God you probably below. had, you know, at that time it was Ferret. There was um, Trust yeah. Kill. Trust Kill. I mean, all Trust those, Kill. All those lived, labels. Trust Kill's girlfriend lived right next door to Chuck's house. Yeah. And he would come over and just watch us play. Right. Uh, and, and, uh, but I mean, we sold so many CDs at um, the Soundgarden and, you know, record labels would call, you know, each area 
and see like what's the what's the hopping <laughs> new thing. And you know, Soundgarden was like, "Well, we just sold a hundred CDs of this Man. band got below." And I remember sitting at home, I get a phone call, you know, didn't have a cell phone back then. I get a phone call, it was like 1999, and it's some A&R dude from Columbia wanting to talk about, so tell me about the band, you know, and so it was That's like, crazy how the, the, how long this process has been going on. It's 20 years. 20 years. Know? Yeah. To 1998. How, how much we technology together, yeah. has changed, and that, that's, again, another whole other conversation is, you know, because we got into it at a time when everything... We got in the we got in the worst possible. We signed a record deal at the worst possible time to ever sign a record yeah, deal. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it was <laughs> but only because they just didn't know what the fuck was going to happen. Right. At, you know, with once it hit, you know, hit the streets and the streaming, and there wasn't even streaming at the time and downloads and everything else. But but getting mad at the story, Chucky called me that night after he ran into you guys. Yeah. I think I remember coming home shortly after that because I was getting ready to close on my house, move back, and I think originally we met. Around that time, we had Stylines or Armory High or whatever yep. it was called, and you just chat and you're like, "Hey, come up to Daddy's Junkie Music tomorrow. I'll give you a cassette tape, and you know this is what we're kind of looking for. And don't be afraid to like just do whatever you want right. over the top of it. And you're like, I want you to hear the tape before we give you the tape because you had Broken Soul recorded yep. with yep. James yep. singing. Yep, yep. So you didn't want me to hear that first. Yep. So then once that happened, you know, I took that cassette tape and I just. Like I said, I think I told, as I told in the story, I remember writing lyrics to The Oath, and then I remember writing lyrics to Desperate Times, yep. Desperate Means, but I was singing it over Broken Soul. Yes. And I think that's what we did on that day, is when I finally did try out, it was a Monday, it was the 17th, because 9-11 was on Tuesday, Yep. and it was a Monday at the Love Shack, about four in the afternoon. Oh yeah, I mean, you came in... And you started singing, and I, I just, I, I looked to the dudes, and I was like, "We're in big trouble." Yeah. I go, "You say goodbye to God below." It's not, yeah. you know, we, it, we couldn't let, I, we can't let this voice go, and 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 because you weren't gonna do anything with the God below songs the way that, you know, I didn't want to be like, "Yeah, this is just God below with a new singer." You right. Know what I mean? Well, and, I, w I was concerned about that one because you know. I, the only person that I knew from God Below was Danny. Right. And Danny and I were were buddies, you yeah. know, and, and we hung out for a number of years, even before God Below, you know, smoking pot and hanging out because, you know, he was good friends with another good friend, a mutual friend, and he lived with my first wife and and then- Right, 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 right. Gretchen lived with Corey. I mean, this yep. is a whole other thing, but, you know, I hung out with Danny and I'm like, and then I remember I'm thinking, trying out, and I'm like, I can't, I can't do that. I, there's no way I'm going to sing these songs that way, Yeah, no. you know? And I'm like, well, I'll just come in and do what I can do. <laughs> and I just remember it was because when we when I tried, I was myself. It was you. It was Chris, and it was Rafferty. And that was it. Chuck. Yep. Chuck wasn't there. Kenny wasn't, wasn't there. there. Yep. They weren't there until later on that evening. Because remember, we we did that tryout. Chris, I remember Chris finally looking at me. He's like, I really like what you're doing, but we got lyrics written to this song, so let's put those lyrics over here. Here's how. And I think you mouthed the words or you sang over what Broken Soul was, and yep. then we had those two in the can. Went back to your house. We got some beer, some beast ice, and then we went <laughs> went back to the room so Kenny and Chuck could come over. Yep. yep. And then the rest is history, basically. History. I mean, yeah. 
but yeah, that was, uh, that was, that was crazy. I mean, it just literally we, I mean, I don't even think we even thought, uh, uh, you know, another second about like, oh, we, you know, even though you sound amazing and this is, you know, this is going to sound great that, uh, you know, we still wanted to be God below. I think it was just like, you know what, let's just, let's just take it and run and go with it. And then, you know, unfortunately when nine eleven happened, we kind of were stalled just for a hot second for about a month, I think. And then yeah. we got into the studio maybe three weeks after that. Didn't yeah, we? because we, as soon as I, as soon as that day happened and we went back, it was like, all right, let's just do this. And I remember just, I mean, I, we were in that studio, we were in the love shack in the practice room every day. Oh like yeah. Six days a week. Yep. Religiously. Yep. You know? Oh no. It was and we were just like, all right, let's just, let's just dive in, you know? Yep. And then as soon as we had enough songs, we were up at, um, at Pete's, Pete, at Pete's, yeah, Pete Walker, Pete, Pete Walker's at village recorders. Yeah. And, uh, then we had now we're never records already on board because they wanted God below. Yeah. And as soon as Matt Beckerman and dusty. <laughs> yeah. What, what's crazy is heard it. Our, our manager, Jay Tavernese at the time. And I remember like, all right, let's go up. We went up and met Pete and we scheduled some time to go up there. He was, re- they were record. he was recording the Thunder Rosa record. So right, anybody yep. out there in Syracuse who remembers Thunder Rosa, AJ and the boys were recording up there. So we went up there, I talked with him. Uh, and Jay was like, I'm going to get Now or Never records to come up because there was no way for us to, unless we're going to mail him a cassette tape. They had no idea what the hell we were doing in Correct. their fucking practice. Right. So God knows what it was. It was probably early October <laughs> that when they came up and I told them the story, I'm like, they came up. We played the oath. Why I yes. Was you both here? Get what you want here. I I have the tape. I have the CD of that. You of do those, of those recordings. Oh, nice. And we recorded on a fr- like maybe a Friday night, and then they came up on Saturday. Yep. And they listened to what we did, and then we went back in. We're fixing oh, I mean, it was instantaneous. We, we signed a contract yeah. right in the studio. They left. Right that, yeah, yeah, they left a go to the And the story, this. I'd say that they left. I'm like, oh, well, I guess they're they're not going to fucking sign no, us. They went to, like, they, Kinko's. They went to Kinko's <laughs> to sign us. <laughs> to we signed a, a deal that would basically say we would not negotiate with anybody else until we negotiated with them first. Right. Like, first right of refusal or whatever yep. it was called in the business. So, yep. yeah. So, you know, I tell the story of what happened after that, but, I mean, my my perspective was that we just we just moved in to Village Recorders for five six months. Yeah, because I don't I think we moved everything out of the Love Shack we immediately. Did. We, we left. Yep, we and left we moved everything yep. in the Village Recorders. There yep. was a practice room over there, and we were just writing when we had something to yep. go over and demo, mm-hmm. and we just yeah, that was awesome. That, I mean, that's the way to do it. I wish we could still do it like that. I know, make it a that lot was easier. A lot of, that was a lot of fun, man. Because I mean, it was five six seven days a week, every night at like six or seven o'clock. I think at that time the only person who had any kids was Chris, and and his yeah. his boy was one years old. So yeah. we really had no like none yes. of us had any real responsibilities. Yep. Other than the you know you worked at Daddy's, Chris worked at Daddy's. Yeah, I think at that time he, Chris was fired. <laughs> he I might took, have been yeah. He, and then I was the manager of Daddy's, and he but he was already gone. And I think Kenny was working at McLean. You Kenny were working was at, at M and T Bank. I was at M and T Rafferty. God knows what he. I don't think he's ever worked a job. Uh, Chuck was working at John Deere. I still, I think, yep. So we had those day jobs, but none of them, no, they were just holding tanks before we got to 
No, I mean, it, yeah, as soon as we found out that we were going on tour with Motorhead, I put my, my two-week notice yeah. with, uh, <laughs> with with uh, so, Daddy Chucky Music. Like I said, and like we, we went in October, and we spent, the record was in the can and mixed by middle of January. Yep. We hadn't played a show. No. Not one Not show. Not one show. I don't know. What I didn't fuck, even know, know what, what we were going to look like. Sound, I mean, I knew what we I mean, were what sounding like, but I mean, thinking? I didn't know. Like, like, what, what band does that? Yeah. I mean, and I mean, luckily, you guys had the fan base of God below, so it wasn't like, hey, we're a completely new band. We're getting signed. We're going on the road with no fan base. There was a little bit of a fan base, but you didn't know if that fan base was going to accept. No, I thought the, they were probably going to pretty much hate us. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't a drastic change, but it was a, a, a stark difference between. No, we, were I mean, not, we were not a hardcore no metal. We, well, no. we were metal. I mean, we were metal, but, but we, we were, were not that. No. What God below us? Not even. No, not even close. I mean, those obviously seven. I think of the first uh, Brandison record were God below tunes that were yeah. just tweaked, adjusted. I mean, Broken Soul, The Oath, Desperate Times, Desperate Times. Changes. Changes. They those were all. I mean, the only a Judgment Day shattered. Uh, uh, shattered was uh, shattered is a God Below song. Right. I mean, we just kind of tweaked it a, a, a hair. I mean, we God Below played that live uh, with just different vocals and a little bit different. Uh, you know, the, I think the verse riff we changed for Brand New Sin just to be a little bit easier to sing over. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, when we went into uh, what was it, East Eastwind? Yeah, uh, yeah. You guys recorded those. That's where you came Eastwind. up. Yeah, and to to to, to sing over. It. But it, Murphy was Murphy drummed on those seven record yeah. seven uh, songs. Uh, and so I mean, yeah, I mean, it happened fast, fast. As I, mean, I was, as I talk, man, it, it it. I mean, thinking back on it, it was it was fast. And I, I mean, mean, there was literally no five <laughs> five years of us huffing it in the no. in the local clubs. We went on tour with Motorhead. Yeah, we played. We, <laughs> we played, played. We played one yeah, show. Did, here. No, we played. We played three shows. I mean, these are the three shows we played. We played at the Stag Hotel. That's our first show with Thunderosa, Sanford Wilkes, yep. Sin Pushers for a show, and us. And us. That was in January, middle of January, yeah. two thousand two. We played with a bu- bunch of bums, bunch of bums. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's not us. the people that were in the bands. There was literally <laughs> bums there. There was literally bums. And then there. we played. Another show, and I don't know which one came first, but we played a Nick Fuco event down in Binghamton area. Oh, my God. There was like an indoor 100 kegger. Indoor 100 kegger. That we played down there. And that was either the second or third show. And then we played a, we played a show at, at Big Bay Bar and Marina for my buddy Steve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That we had to rent a U-Haul trailer that didn't even have a cover. We like covered everything with like oh, a yeah. blue tarp oh my God. to get all the gear there. Yes. And anybody, I mean, dude, we played some, the stag was small. Big Bay was small. We're, you guys are bringing in full stack marshals. Full stack. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And then the fourth show before we left to go do anything was Chucky Love's birthday party. Right. In March. Mm-hmm. And I was re- like a week before we left and did the run that got us down to South by Southwest. Right. The run that so we South by Southwest. So we basically yeah. played like four shows before we left, went South by Southwest, which is probably another four shows. We did what? Um, right. I mean, we played South by Southwest and played no shows. I yeah. mean, basically. I mean, it's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Who's yeah. got the balls? By, by the time, by the time we got to the Chimera Prong Motorhead run, we had less than 10 shows under our belt. Yeah. You know, crazy. So, untypical. 
Like I tell them the story, man. It's untypical because I had never even been in a band and I joined a band three weeks later, we signed a record deal. Four months later, the record is done. Five months later on tour, Motorhead went it was fast. Crazy. Yeah. And hindsight, it was, it was really fast, really crazy. But, you know, I mean, your, your perspective, what, I mean, I told mine, like, what do you, put it in a nutshell, like what you thought of that, that time, you know, other uh, than crazy. Uh, yeah. You know? I mean, I, I really did think, you know, that we were going to take over the world. I just don't think that anybody could wrap their head around what we were doing. I, and, and it's not like we always talked about it. It's not like that we were reinventing, reinventing the wheel. It wasn't no. like, but we were just so massive sound wise, look wise. You know, I mean, I just think that, uh, I think it was like we were just too overpowered. I don't know. No. It, was, it was crazy, well, we, man. We, we again, we got in. The, we got into the business when the business was crashing. Napster it was, it and was like every, the it house, was, a housing market. It, uh, you know, two thousand eight. It was literally the music crash. It was I mean. crashing, and and um. Oh, I mean, we were getting. I mean, that was when payola was really starting yeah. to kick in, and uh, you payola to get on shows. Get on Ozfest. Um, I remember Ozfest was like it was hundred thousand. I mean, had to, you I know, mean just get how on many it. tours did we turn down? Danzig, twenty thousand dollars on a tour bus. Nope. Yeah. Judas Priest, twenty thousand. And this is Judas Priest without uh, Rob Helfer. It was, it was Ripper, Ripper twenty thousand dollars. And these are for a month. Yeah. And you, I mean, I mean, Danzig wanted us to get a tour bus for his uh, crew. Crew. I mean. Go yeah. fuck yourself, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's bullshit. I mean, we could have stayed on tour, but I mean, we wanted to stay on the road as much as possible. It was just not possible. No, I mean, and it wasn't like Danzig during, uh, you know, the early nineties. This is Danzig. Do you ever do you ever think back in two thousand two? And we we could have went like Motorhead came home, done the CD release show, went to Danzig, did the Fu Manchu tour, right into Judas Priest. Right into Black Label Society, it would have been that would have been, been, a nice been, that run. been what should have happened. Now I don't know, but like, what do you you think that would have changed the outcome of? Probably of not. Yeah, I don't, no, probably I, I, not. Because some people, are like, man, what if you did all that? I'm like, I don't, I don't. I think we'd still be having these same conversations. I don't think anything would be different. I don't right think now. anything would have been different. I just don't. You, we, sh- sh- we should have been on the road. Probably for about two and a half years straight. Yeah. And done whatever we could have done. But I mean, the money just runs yeah. out. I mean, it just. Our record label was, had three people or four people working at it. Yeah. Four. Yeah. That's all they had. And I mean, literally, you know, going back, we used to harp on Matt Beckerman, the guy who owned our record label. Like, you need to pay for this. You know what? That dude emptied his. Everything, he emptied he everything had. out. He did yeah. for us. He did. You know, because he believed in us. He did. And I mean, I wish we, this is what the only thing I wish we could change, and this is what I think would made a difference. If Beckerman had the money of a major label or a much larger independent label, and what he was willing to do, I think that would have changed the game for us. I think that would have been the only thing that made things a different. I you agree. Know? I mean, and then because after that we got stalled, and that's really we, yeah, lost, I mean, we lost like, all momentum. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. You know? It was like. You know, two months off, one month on, two months off, one month on. You know what I mean? And it was like, man, we can't do this. Our record just came out. We need to go back onto the road. We yeah. probably should have just sat down and re-recorded, you know, recorded 
we could have done a kiss thing every nine months. Yeah. You know what I mean? We, just put, an, just yeah, put another hindsight. record out. Put, put another record out. But here, you don't like that one? Here's another one. Right. You know what I mean? Okay, you don't like that one? Here's another one. You know what and I mean? We, just keep. And we we're kind of we were kind of doing that. And I wish we all those songs that we recorded with Pete, we had fine tuned some of them. that ended up becoming either part of recipe or ones that are still just sitting there in the stew pot. I mean, I mean, even back then, I mean, one year after, not even six months after that first record came out, we were already back at the, the Wilson building yeah. Uh, uh, writing, writing 60 songs. 60 songs that were written on the sheetrock in the room. But, yeah, you know, stories for wall. another day. But, I mean, there you have it, man. That's the initial parts of Brand New Sin. I think yeah. I'll have Slider and... A lot. I'm going to have a lot of the guys from the band because, I mean, as you know, this podcast is going to be based a lot upon my experiences in this business. And uh, oh yeah, this was uh, PG compared to this is PG. They're not. They're, they're going to come along. They're going to definitely going to come along. So thank you for coming on, brother. Oh, of course. We'll get man. this all out, and uh, yeah, I hope people dig it. So, yeah, and, me too, and me too. we got you know. In short, we have some really cool things happening now in the future that yeah. we'll talk about more as that gets a little. Yeah, Brandon is so, back. Hi, man. Take care, everybody. <laughs> This week's album pick of the week is Brand New Sin's self-titled record. The one that started it all for me, the one that changed my life, the one we were talking about during this episode. So check it out on Spotify, iTunes, and all the places you can stream it. And the weekly discussion this week, what was your first concert? Mine, Eric Clapton, Carrier Dome, 1990. Let's hear yours. Put it in the discussion or send it over to Just Joe at JustJoe.com. Yeah!